Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the second episode of Linklater's Asia Bite Size Antitrust Podcast Series 2022. I'm Marcus Pollard from Linklater's, and here with me today is Sona Mato, a competition specialist and partner from our friends at TTNA in New Delhi. In this episode, we'll be looking at recent antitrust developments and trends in India. The Competition Act in India came into force in 2003, relatively early compared to some other Asian jurisdictions. But what we have noticed is the authority, the Competition Commission of India, has quickly developed itself and gained maturity in the last few years. Sanam, would you like to kick off by telling us some of the headlines that we're going to cover today? Thank you, Marcus, for the introduction. So the past few years have indeed been an interesting time for the Commission and us practitioners. So today we will cover some major antitrust developments in India. Firstly, we'll discuss the recent enforcement trends in India, specifically the Commission's focus on digital markets. Secondly, we will look at the stronger enforcement stance with respect to merger regulations and the Commission's robust enforcement against gun jumping. And to wrap up the discussion, we'll examine the proposed changes and the amendments to the Indian competition law. That sounds great. So let's dive into that first topic. Um, and indeed, it's a common theme of, across a number of competition authorities in Asia and globally um, in terms of focusing on enforcement in the digital sector. For example, e-commerce, food delivery and hotel booking platforms have all been under the spotlight, antitrust spotlight, in South Korea, Japan, China, uh, and here in Hong Kong. Uh, competition concerns in those cases are, are being raised with most favored nation clauses or other unfair terms and conditions imposed or alleged to be imposed by those uh, digital platforms. Uh, Sanam, I understand that there have been some similar investigations in India. Is that right? Uh, that's correct, Marcus. The PCI's investigations focus on whether the big tech and others have abused their dominance or if they're acting in an anti-competitive manner by self-preferencing in the relevant markets. So there are currently ongoing investigations against a number of tech companies, including Google, Apple, Amazon, Flipkart, and Zomato. And one point that is worth mentioning to the audience is that the commission has also raised concerns over the ownership of big data and its impact on competition in India. One of the high-profile ongoing investigations is the commission's probe into WhatsApp's change of privacy policy. The commission is investigating whether WhatsApp abused its dominance by unilaterally removing the user's ability to opt out of sharing data with its parent company, Meta, then Facebook. So apart from WhatsApp, there are also ongoing investigations against other digital companies for their collection and ownership of large volumes of data. Well, that, that's interesting. I think I think we agree that data is now regarded as a an important and relatively new parameter of competition. However, whether privacy issues fall within the jurisdiction of a competition authority uh, seems to be a, a more controversial topic. Uh, have there been any of those debates in in India? Yes, absolutely. But there's been a clearer indication that the Commission in India has jurisdiction over these type of cases. So. Very recently, in August this year, the Delhi High Court upheld the CCI's jurisdiction to investigate WhatsApp's 2021 privacy policy. This effectively paves the way for the Commission to look into data practices that may be abusive towards consumers 
definitely watch this space as the commission progresses on its multiple investigations in this area. We understand that the CCI's proactive enforcement is not just limited to antitrust or behavioural conduct, and that actually there's been increased enforcement when it comes to merger control in relation to gun jumping uh, violations and, and uh, misrepresentation in, in merger filings. Um, I think you've mentioned to me before that the Commission in India penalized Amazon uh, with a fine of 25 million US dollars. Uh, and as I understand it, Amazon had allegedly misrepresented the intention of a transaction when they were notifying an acquisition of a 49% stake uh, in a particular company. Uh, Sanam, can you tell us a little bit more about that case and, and the gun jumping enforcement trends in India? Sure. So as demonstrated for the first time in the Amazon case, the commission can not just impose financial penalties, but may also effectively unwind the transaction. So the commission had observed that Amazon's 2019 merger notification on that transaction, it did not reveal the strategic intent and relevant agreements pertaining to the transaction which was subsequently submitted to constitutional courts during disputes with future. So therefore, the commission suspended the merger approval, which it had previously granted to Amazon for the deal, and directed the parties to refile the merger notification. So Amazon has now challenged the commission's power to unwind the transaction before the Supreme Court of India. And speaking about the gun jumping enforcement, it's worth mentioning to our audience again that the Indian merger control regime has very low thresholds when defining control. Unlike most jurisdictions, in India, material influence is sufficient to be control. A transaction that is not regarded as an acquisition of control under EU law, for instance, may not necessarily have the same conclusion when tested under Indian merger rules. An India-specific merger control assessment would therefore need to be carried out to avoid any missed filings. And to give you an example, in a gun jumping decision by CCI earlier this year, the CCI considered that an acquisition of a right to nominate a director in the target board, even though the right was not exercised, was regarded as an acquisition of controlling interest and a notification to the CCI was triggered. This shows that the CCI can and will interpret control very widely. That's very interesting, uh, Sonam, to hear that. And it definitely seems that the CCI is stepping up its enforcement efforts against gun jumping. I understand that apart from missed filings, the CCI has also scrutinized that period before closing uh, quite closely. And, and I think, you, again, you told me earlier that the CCI imposed uh, fines for pre-closing influence and information exchange between transaction parties prior to obtaining merger clearance? Indeed, it can be a fine balance um, between what is allowed to preserve the economic value of the target pre-closing and what would be regarded as illegal gun jumping conduct, which would influence the behavior of the target before the closing. So all cases have to be assessed carefully on a case-by-case -case basis. We would suggest that the parties should undertake a thorough due diligence while assessing notifiability requirements under the Indian merger regime and review the transaction documents to ensure that there are no clauses which give rise to any such potential concerns on gun jumping. I think that makes a lot of sense, Sonam. But moving on to potential future developments uh, for Indian antitrust law, uh, we understand that the Competition Amendment Bill has actually uh, been tabled 
uh, in Parliament. Um, how will that, that bill change uh, the regime in India uh, substantively uh, and procedurally? Yes, there will be quite a few changes. So first, if we look at the changes which have been proposed in the merger control regime, the bill proposes to introduce deal value thresholds, which is new to India. It would make it mandatory for parties to notify the CCI if the value of a deal exceeds 2,000 crore rupees, which is about $252 million US dollars provided that either of the parties has substantial business operations in India. That criteria is yet to be clarified by the commission. And this would potentially have far-reaching impact on many transactions, particularly the digital m deals. Those would fall within the purview of the commission. Previously, such deals would have escaped the need to make filing in the CCI, as the parties would perhaps not meet either the turnover or asset thresholds in India. The bill also proposes to exempt open market purchases and stock market transactions from the requirement to notify the CCI. This is a welcome and practical change. If the amendment is adopted, buyers can then avoid scenarios where they have to wait for the clearance and risk losing an opportunity to acquire shares at a better price. On the procedural front, the bill proposes to shorten the commission's review period by accelerating the review timeline from 210 days as it stands to 115 days. Those proposed amendments, particularly on the, the value thresholds, appear to be in line with uh, uh, global trends. For example, we know that in Korea, the merger control regime earlier this year introduced a size of transaction test precisely with uh, digital M&A uh, in mind. Um, Salim, I understand the proposed amendments not only cover merger control, but also uh, substantive assessment issues with behavioural conduct. And one notable proposal is to broaden the scope of anti-competitive agreement to capture uh, so-called hub-and-spoke cartels, um, i.e. it will potentially expose companies that act as a facilitator of a cartel to antitrust liability. You're absolutely right. This will bring the Indian competition regime closer to other key jurisdictions, which I understand are actively enforcing hub and uh, spoke cartels. The commission has, however, in the past penalized trade associations for their role in facilitating a cartel. And apart from substantive amendments, the bill also proposes to introduce the settlement and commitment mechanisms, particularly for cases relating to vertical agreements and abuse of dominance. This, again, is another welcome change, as it will allow the parties and the Commission to resolve competition concerns in a more efficient and timely manner. Thank you for that. And before we, before we wrap up, um, I understand that in parallel to those uh, enforcement actions we talked about at the beginning of this uh, podcast, um, the Indian Parliament is also keen to introduce even more regulatory measures uh, uh, regarding alleged concerns or perceived concerns involving digital players. That's right, Marcus. The Parliamentary Standing Committee on Commerce has recently recommended the introduction of ex-ante regulations to govern gatekeeper platforms. For example, there have been proposals regarding the introduction of a code of conduct, preventing big tech from using data to stifle market competition and for purposes that are not in the consumer's interest. So just as in other jurisdictions contemplating such regulatory measures, these ideas will also take time and effort to be ironed out in India. And it's important to strike a balance between the need to increase contestability in digital markets 
and the compliance burdens on the gatekeeper platforms. Well, thank you for those uh, interesting updates. I think it's a good place for us to conclude today and for our audience to reflect on the, dare, dare I say it, exciting competition law developments that lie ahead of us in India. Uh, Sonam and I are always happy to discuss if you have any questions, so please feel, feel free to reach out to us uh, to discuss. In our next episode, we'll be covering some of the key competitional highlights across ASEAN with our colleagues in Vietnam and in Indonesia. Thank you for listening and goodbye.